You are listening to Outside Radio. Welcome to Ugly Girls Club on Outside Radio. Firstly, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the show. Thank you for being part of this journey. Just thank you for also just being part of the outside radio journey itself. It's been a, a tough one, but really amazing to get to know everyone. If you follow us on Instagram um, and on my account to just get to know everyone and have a really great community amongst us. I'd also like to thank Celeste, our guest from last week, all the way from Brooklyn, New York. She pulled through, she, we spoke about being an immigrant from Mexico, we spoke about music, we spoke about depression, we spoke about NPO and the NGO space in Orange County and New York. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, make sure to check it out. She's really amazing. Super cool girl. Um, check it out. Yes. Also, just to let everybody know who's listening, we've partnered up with another collective called Other Radio. We will be doing some podcasts and more content um, with them. So do check it out. It's called Other Radio. They're on Instagram and Mixcloud. They really do awesome stuff like... um, music and like that music that you won't find like anywhere type of music you know really good vibes from them so do check them out you can also follow us on instagram at outside radio underscore and wherever you're listening right now to this podcast apple Podcasts, google iono spotify subscribe follow make sure you hit that button so because sometimes we upload our podcast early we have extra content and usually we don't like say on our instagram page it's for like you know the lovers and friends so get on it get involved hit that subscribe hit that follow and also guys we have a soundcloud page i feel like i'm promoing us so much but you know we have a soundcloud page that's got really awesome music we have guest mix now we had one recently for musanele um check it out outside radio on soundcloud and please 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 follow us there as well okay so this week this week this week this week it's something i i think this is what we're going to be talking about something i think you know I don't know if i have enough language around it i might be out of my depth um for this subject topic discussion this week but i'm willing to be vulnerable (laughs) i'm willing to be vulnerable and state you know i don't know everything you know i don't know it um and i feel like i'm not the only one in this boat when it comes to what we're going to be talking about on this podcast i thought it would be cool to discuss like the lack of political language political understanding and what politics really does not mean but means something to our lives as young people you know um and on the show to help me understand um or guide me to places to understand rather um we have 
talented Ayanda Sishi. Hey girl, hey. Hello, how are you, Nico? Oh my gosh, that was such a nice intro. <laughs> it was long. <laughs> no, I mean, it is informative. <laughs> it was particularly long today, but we we, we hope um, the peeps are still around. How are you doing today? I am good. I am thriving. Life is happening. And we live in South Africa, the world that is always where things are always happening, things are always going on. So I am a very, very busy, busy bee. So what we like to do in the show um, is for the guests to introduce themselves. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like as women, we never get the chance to even finish a sentence before someone interrupts us. You know, we're not allowed to live in our full glory. So I always like to give this time for the guests to to introduce themselves and to to sort of let people know who they are and you know what makes them tick you know um mm -hmm. and like how how basically you want to be like perceived i guess you know so who is ayanda ayanda is a zulu born uh from kzn I love politics and all things journalism and the media and in between. I am a freelance journalist. I identify, you know, by my occupation because it has shaped my every sense of my being since I was a child. So I love, you know, I love every part of what the, the work that I do. It informs who I am. So I am a freelance journalist. I am a political and social commentator and I develop content as well. And um, I am a reader, an avid reader. I am a consumer of all kinds of media. It doesn't have to be about politics. I am a lover of reality television like no other. I, the messier, the better for me because I just love to dissect what I'm viewing on television and just break it down to its societal bare bones. I am a lover of sociology and a lover of history. I'm constantly looking to learn. I'm forever a student. I'm never going to be that person who's not going to want to learn things. And so my work has to also come with a component of learning and training and mentoring because I also think that's important for young people of us to grow and develop and even into our, into our late adult lives. And what makes me tick, wow, what makes me tick? Disrespect, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a racial level, you know, on a macro level. Uh, mm -hmm. I think as black women, we are we are uniquely positioned in the sense that we are we because of where we exist intersectionally, people feel the need, you know, to want to have access to our bodies all the time. So I'm very cognizant of the fact that I need to draw boundaries and, res and, and, and a boundary of respect has to be has to be drawn, you know, and if if a line is crossed there, um, yeah, no red will be seen so <laughs> i try to <laughs> yeah look i i really don't play when it comes to protecting my body my mind and my spirit it is something that i hold so dear to me because it informs the kind of work that i do it informs the kind of journalist that i am it informs the kind of social commentary and political commentary that you're going to find come from me so my body has to be protected with the veracity that it deserves and mm -hmm. living in a country like south africa where black women's bodies are just desecrated you know lgbt um the queer community is just 
in living in fear and peril on a daily basis, it's incredibly important that we, we visibly protect ourselves, you know, as we do, because institutionally and politically, that is not what is happening where it should be happening you know, from government and from the police and from these institutions that are meant to be protecting us, we find mm-hmm. that they actually don't because innately in their in, in their construction of these institutions, they're not meant to protect bodies that look like you and me. They're not no, meant to protect disabled bodies. Yeah. Yes, it, it was never part of the plan. So now mm-hmm. you need to slot, you know, this, okay, yes, we need to protect black women, yet you, we go to a police station and say that, you know, I have a gender-based violence case to report, and we're just laughed at and told that we should not be speaking English. So it, it's little things mm-hmm. like that, that living in South Africa has informed me and told me that I need to protect myself because nobody else is going to do that for me. And that's a very, very hard lesson to learn. Mm. And that's me in a nutshell. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a, a nice, you know, roundup of who you are. Um, and just to continue on that note of like black women having to protect themselves, you know, we we really have no one, you know, um, besides ourselves and each other, you know, so we need to always be like on guard, you know, um, constantly, constantly be, be the, the angry <laughs> black woman, you know, yes. and, you know, and you know, people, well, I think where I'm going with this, people will always say like, why are you so hard? Like you need to relax and all of that mm. stuff, you know? And it's just like, how can you relax? How can you have your guard down when mm. even you, the person who's telling me to relax is actually, could be my perpetrator you know that's so um, true it's hard it's, you, it's tough out there mm-hmm. you bring up a very important point um about black women being angry and i have heard this constantly my whole entire life which kind of feeds into again which is why you know i i, I protect myself and my body with the veracity that it deserves because i always have been doing that without necessarily cognitively knowing that my mm-hmm. goodness ayanda you've been protecting yourself against the mm. nonsense that people have been telling you you know people saying that you know you, you too, you're always trying to defend yourself too much or you're too angry all the time you know you need to relax a little bit without necessarily investigating the reasons why it is that black women have to constantly be on guard so we're not allowed to be angry yet at the right. same time we need to protect ourselves while in the same time being open to allow people to do the things that they want to do to us because that is how our bodies have been treated for for, for millennia and when you see a black woman say, actually, no, these are my boundaries, all of a sudden now it becomes something that is not accepted. And now you're an angry person. You're a person that doesn't mm-hmm. want you know, other people to be around you. But obviously we know that's absolutely not the truth. And so um, politics is something that as, as much as I, 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 you know, people say that they don't understand politics or they don't know what's going on. We live it every single day as black women we have no choice we live it every single day it's in our homes it's the way that people speak to us it's the way that we are reared growing up that tells us that this is your position in life it's the way that men treat us when we're walking down the streets and grabbing our bodies it's the way that we are raped it's the way that we are abused that is the politics and those are the institutions that we cannot run away from no woman can run away from those kinds of institutions 
Mm, it's like um, I like to say the for 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 women and especially black women and children, um, the 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 personal is the political. The political is the personal because whatever the political climate is or the 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 conversation is at the time, it always affects us negatively the most. Constantly. Know? constantly even yeah. um even i'll even put it down further to say that the queer community i even put it down further to say that the disabled community a disabled queer black woman will always exist at the worst and harshest intersections yeah. when it comes to the political institutions that exist worldwide they are there to destroy us mm, mm, no that's true okay before we get into our our chat you know um said you're from KZN. I mean, what little Ayanda and KZN, what what made you um, interested in media, journalism, investigation, um, you know, um, from a young age? Were you even interested? Um, what, if you could give us a picture of little Ayanda? Yes. I fell in love with the with with the media and and journalism through radio and Ukozi um, FM. I, I I owe them a huge debt. My way of storytelling and my empathy definitely stems from 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 that era in the 90s, late 90s, um, 1996, 1997, and I lived in a in a small um, in a small township called Guadlangueso. My mother worked in the University of Zululand and the nearest town was 20 kilometers, 20 kilometers away from us, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I love reading from a very, very young age. Um, my father wasn't really around, but when he was around, he would always read to me without fail. And so that's where I fell in love with reading and of knowing things. And then listening to the radio and listening to these beautiful stories that are being told in my language. I'm like, what is happening here? There's a whole new world that exists out there, especially in the telling of the news. And when you're hearing stories, you know, of the TRC, um, the, the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and I'm not really understanding what I'm hearing, but... I, I know that there's a story that is being told there and it's important and everybody's keeping quiet in the car and everybody's listening and paying attention. And I'm just like, I want to I wanna be able to hold someone's attention in that manner. I want to be able to tell stories that are important to people that help shape people's lives. And I didn't quite figure out then that that's what I, that, that, you know, I wanted to be on radio. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to tell the news until I got to a much older age. But when it, it always has been a consistent thing with me of just always wanting to know what is going on around me, always wanting to know the facts, always consulting the encyclopedia or the dictionary to find out what this word means. Or, you know, if I'm watching SABC News, which has also been a big contributor as well, you know, sitting down and, and hearing the news at half past seven and I'm sitting down and I'm watching the Zulu news. And again, I don't know what is going on. I don't understand, but I know that I need to know these things. And, you know, I have a very good memory. I can recite a lot of things, but you can recite things without understanding. So mm. I would just go up to adults and then just start spewing everything that is happening in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And they're like, what are you talking about? Do you even know what you are saying? I'm like, I heard it on radio. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I heard it on the SABC. 
<laughs> you know so it's it's little things like that um that got me caught on to the to, to the media industry and my aunt would always say she's going to be a journalist one day she's going to do mm. something in the news and I'm like what people that's the word the word is journalist so ever since I knew what the word journalist was at age nine I started telling people that's what I'm going to be that's really cool and you know like you can tell like you use you, you are thorough you know and to hear that even when you were young you wanted to find out stuff like you went to that encyclopedia you know you can tell like this is something you you're really passionate about you really into um do you want to talk about um what you do at why um yeah, because sure. also there um i mean that's how i got introduced to you your work um at, at yfm and obviously outside radio um but I actually like listen to your show listen, like I watch you on Instagram and you you very like thorough like you really are into what you're doing and you really want us to to leave with something mm-hmm. after the conversation you know so just to let the listeners know a little bit about your work at why So at YFM um I am the social and political commentator for the afternoon drive show on YFM. When I was first introduced to YFM, I worked with DJ Sabi and Alta Vis on the Best Drive show um for a set of for a feature called Vote of Confidence. Um in the Vote of Confidence feature, I talk about politics and how politics affects us in our everyday lives. So I'll pick a story, a news story that is trending in the week. and we will dissect it and we will talk about it and we will talk about how this affects you and then you know I'll leave you with the facts and you can get to make a decision for yourself but what I also love about that feature was that I also get to engage and speak with people about their different kinds of opinions um the best show uh, the best drive show ended but a new show began called the lady on drive with Kutso Tseledi and this is important because it's there are very few drive shows that are led by women one mm-hmm. other one that i know of is uh, the tando show um the tando tabuti show on the 9 on 947 so it was an incredibly important platform for me to be on um a show that is led by a woman a week after week you know with the woman content producer and the woman news readers and woman uh, traffic driver as well so I also wanted to add and contribute to the team and I do something a little bit similar as well on the political drive um feature where I speak about politics and we break it down um so the trending news stories we figure out how is it that you are affected um by these um by by these decisions that are taken by politicians and it's a kind of it's it's a feature that bridges the gap um of information because a lot of the times um in the media we see these stories that are written in here but where where did this begin where did, when did this happen we need to see the golden thread of how of of how this this what what is what is happening um in the news in the news sphere how how does this affect you in your daily life how does the politics and how um how the decisions of those in power how does that affect your daily life and i think that i need to be that bridge of information but not uh, but not in a manner that is intrusive 
because I need mm. to be able to strike that balance. And I'm not going to lie, it's been very, very difficult for me to do because, you know, as a person who is passionate, you need to also understand that not everybody thinks the way that you do and everybody thinks differently. And that platform is not there for you to speak your mind. It's there to speak your mind, absolutely. But you also need to leave room and leave room for disagreement and also leave room for people to come up with their own assumptions and their own understanding because nobody and I, in politics everybody has different diff, different ideologies yes but it's a matter of standing up for what it is that you believe in in a manner that is not going to be exclusive of someone else I totally agree and you know um just to go back to the whole idea of um politics and the language around it and digesting it you know do you think like when because you know when we're young in primary school i don't know if they did this in your primary school but in my primary they did this um where we had to have like fake elections yes um (laughs) we had to either vote for the giraffe or the panda i don't know and then you get like smarties at the end of the day you know I'm trying um, to. <laughs> well, we got smarties. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> um, we're trying to um, mimic like the, the 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 bigger voting system, right, mm-hmm. in the country. Do you think oh, the way we get introduced to these ideas and concepts is enough um, for us to to? be able to carry it across like into our lives is there enough work being done um in schools when it comes to politics and not just elections you know just the 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 whole the whole thing you know is there enough being done no absolutely not there is not enough being done i think that the work of 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 political education has been left to civil society and it is harrowing the results of that hectic mistake that government made so i'm going to go back to 1996 advent of the rainbow nation you know two years Mm -hmm. into our democracy the constitution comes out and all of this advertising of we are one nation and we are one people great awesome fantastic where does the work begin to start uniting those people and to start speaking about the history that we that those people have survived a very traumatic history a history that is going to take years to unravel and to heal from we were just told to put a bandage over it to heal and to move on instead of actually talking about it and now when we have to sit and we are looking at young people who are not voting at all between the ages of 18 and 29 the voting um the voting numbers are, have gone down astronomically and we wonder why we wonder why it is that young people are apathetic to the voting process in this country it is because we are not educated enough on what it is that is going on in this nation because that is not brought in through our school curriculum. It was left to civil organizations and to civil society in order to go out there. So the youth labs of the world, the youth capitals of the world, they are the ones who are burdened with this work 
great work that they're doing, absolutely amazing work, but this is work that should come from the government. It should not come from civil society. Civil society mm. should not be burdened with educating our young people on what the edu- on what the voting system looks like, on how it is that their votes actually contributes to how government functions in this country from the municipal level all the way up into national level, about the fact that how parliament works, and there are two houses in parliament, how those two houses come up with legislation that is put into our constitution. All of that is just seriously, it's either it's lacking or in the LO syllabus, it is just something that is just brushed over. We know that there are 400 seats. We know that, you know, the, the National Council of Provinces exists. Um, you know, we know that there is a provincial government, but the nitty gritty of how that actually works, how it is that a municipality is meant to operate, how it is that a provincial government is meant to operate, how a national, how at national level laws are actually made and passed, what an MP actually does in parliament, what their jobs look like, that is seriously lacking in the school curriculum. And that is the reason why young people honestly feel as if they can't participate because top that right with the fact that we don't know what is going on and what it is that you actually do in government and then the corruption that happens the lack of infrastructure maintenance that is going on around us then just tips the iceberg to, to lead people to say that we just don't want to participate in what it is that you do and i don't yeah i don't blame young people so these it's great to have a fake election but you're not learning about the reason why you're having that fake election with the giraffes. And let's not call it a fake election. It's an election to say whether or not you like a giraffe or whether or not you like an elephant. And yes. if you really put it down, that, that, that is what we are voting for. You know, a turd sandwich or a shit sandwich. Which one do you want? Because yes. yes. it's all the same. It's yes, all the, the same. Also, just doesn't campaign as well. You know, like why should we vote for you? <laughs> but also, I would like I, w- I would argue as well. Like um, we also don't know like about the the four seats of chambers. Like we don't even know like the the skeleton of mm-hmm. like parliament and seatings and all of that. Chapter stuff, nine institutions. You know? Yes, like, I was like, oh, what did she just say? Like, we are not aware of any of that, you know? Um, And I think, because I was also thinking maybe, like, oh, maybe if you go to, like, because, I mean, I'm in Cape Town, and I went to, like, a a white school, um, they would probably, like, push, like, the DA agenda. But actually, there's just, like, functional things that we actually need to learn about. Because when we're 18, we expected to just vote, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, mm, but what am I voting for? Who am I voting for? And you also maybe think like there's a, they 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 want that ignorance so so that you like have like emotional voting, you know. So you don't you don't necessarily vote for what's right. You vote for like what's being discussed at the dinner table. If mm-hmm. I'm making sense. Yes, absolutely. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, In 1994, because we now know the history of what happened to our country and we are learning about it in school, especially in our school curriculum, well, even I have a problem with the way that our history of our, of the history of our country is being taught in the school curriculum, but that's a conversation for another day. But um, the way that we are taught about us, the responsibility that we have to vote 
it's not necessarily reflected in our leaders that who have been voted into the system, right? But we are still guilted and are still expected to vote and to participate in the system that does not show up to protect us, you know, us young people. Right now, as it stands, unemployment is sitting at harrowing numbers. Almost a quarter of the youth is unemployed between the ages of 18 and 24 years of age. The, the number of workers that is that have been discouraged within their workspace has risen up as well so we need to young people are looking at those aspects and they're saying yo but okay but why is it then that i have to come out and vote and you have a government that uses the iec as a mouth tool to be like yo you still have to vote because this is what we all you know this is what we all fought for but it's just not enough it's not enough. We are thinking differently now as young people because honestly, this is the South Africa that they wanted. This is the South Africa that you fought for, the one that is robust and is vibrant and is engaging. Um, it's just that now this 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 leadership, you were right um to say that it does serve them for us to to not want to take part as it sits right now. It serves them better because then those few elite people get to keep that power. Because we know that no matter what we do, no matter how many times we vote in the local elections, in the national elections, in the by-elections, um, you know, if some if 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 a councillor has to leave, you know, in in the next by-elections that happen in 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 those in those certain municipalities, those th- there is no difference that happens. I think of 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 the city of Peter Maritzburg, the municipality, um, the city of Peter Maritzburg right now, and how it, and how it is just, it's basically falling apart. It's called the city of choice, but now they've nicknamed it the city of no choices because potholes have not been potholes have not been fixed. The mortuary um, at, at Fort Napier has not been has not been maintained for the past ten years, and there are bodies that are sitting there not being claimed. And you know there is a spate of violence that is happening in the townships day after day. People just don't feel safe about walking around in their own homes during the day. And this is happening in Peter Marisburg right now as we speak. In spite of the fact that there have been votes happening, in spite of the fact that there has been, you know, political change in the form of of mayors coming in and different ward councillors, but what has actually been happening there? A whole lot of nothing. And so why is it that young people there are expected to vote? So our realities do not reflect, is not reflected in what it is that we are learning. And there is a huge gap because the government wants to, you know, impose on us what they think we we should be thinking about in this country, like the way that we should be thankful and should be grateful for the fact that they are here and existing, even the way that they speak and the language that they use, but they're not actually speaking to the issues that are caused by them. Yep, yep. There's like a a, a level of expectation from the yes. average person to the government instead of like the other way around. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's it's like it's really it's a weird concept. It's like um, we should be happy we have a government who quote unquote even allows us to vote. You know, um, that's the the type of yes. energy we receive from from government from like municipal um level upwards you know um and you know with the youth as Mm -hmm. well um when we spoke we we discussed like the university environment you know so i mean from the Mm -hmm. fake elections in school to the university i feel like there's like a major gap where we never talk about 
um, politics or anything of the sorts ever again, um, unless if you do history and also um, history is also bias and which depending on the school you went to, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I realized that I like mm-hmm. my history that I learned in school was not the same as other people. So, you know, it's it's bias um, according to the school, what they want to uh, teach. And usually politics is not involved in, in that as well. Like political actual language, you know, um, is not involved. Um, you're not reading manifestos and saying, why does this potholes in this manifesto? Why is it saying this, you know? Um, and then we get to university. We get to university. Um, and then we are now expected to vote in a political party as our SRC, you know. Um, you've had that experience. Um, you, you first went to UJ, right? First went to UJ, then went to Rhodes, then went back to UJ. <laughs> So how was that? How was that experience like? I grew up at, at the University of Zululand because my mother worked there, and so I'm very used to university campuses being politically charged due to the history that the University of Zululand has, and so I'm I, I've been very very aware of politically charged university spaces. So by the time I got to UJ, I knew what to expect more or less. But not a lot of people have the same experience that I have in growing up on university campuses. And so what I found was that a lot of the time, the political organizations do take advantage of the freshness um, of, and, and of, of young people coming into the spaces, not necessarily knowing what is going on in the political arena, and then taking those young people and molding them and shaping them within those university spaces in order for them to grow and move within the political organizations while still fostering um, that following from the university spaces. I think of leaders like... Um, like Melusi Kigaba, you know, he rose up in the university ranks um, before coming on to, 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 to Youth League um, to, to become, you know, the Youth League, League, League president. Um, there are people who, who, who kind of move up in, in, in those spaces. And so I understand why it is that political organizations would start out and have have want to to have a huge following in university spaces i get it because that is where ideas are formed from young people who are in those spaces historically as well with the black with the with the black um students the the, the black students um association um that basically um black students uh, src um, back in 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 apartheid in, in apartheid days, where um, Steve Biko was 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 a part of such of such organizations, where young young people were coming up with ideas on you know how to change things. So I would understand why it is that a, a democratic alliance would want to have a DASO be active on political in 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 in, in university spaces, and I would understand why the African National Congress wants the Youth League to be active in those spaces or the South African Communist Party to have the Young Communist, um, the Young Communist League 
be active and obviously to mimic the tripartite alliance which i find honestly to be more successful in university spaces than it has been successful on the national front and on the national field and i think that the tripartite alliance and the progressive youth alliance rather is part of the reason why the anc has clenched a lot of votes especially in wards where universities exist if you look at where wits is and where um the university of johannesburg is as well those young cadres are so in instrumental in making sure that young people are getting to the voting um to 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 the voting um booths that make sure that they are educated in knowing that okay this is what is going on this is what is happening but again that is left to civil organizations and to political organizations instead of governments arming people with information so that they can also start to make the right decisions for themselves because political organizations have an agenda which is to get votes and so the, the 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 education of politics and and of what is happening in 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 South Africa cannot be left to political organizations because there is an agenda that is there and so we need to make sure that people are receiving information that is factual so that they can make decisions themselves instead of being influenced to make yeah. a decision yes yes so you say you went to Rhodes and UJ right so at Rhodes mm-hmm. um there, there isn't uh, a political party at play. You, you, it's like America. We vote for individuals who aren't necessarily aligned to any party. So, if you could compare the two, like, where does the one work? Where does the one kind of um, it's 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 lacking? Or if maybe both could exist in one space, like, how would that look like? I think that at Rhodes, what I found, okay, let me just yeah, break, break it down that way. At Rhodes, I thought it was beneficial that we knew the faces of the people that we'll be voting for instead of just having a party logo on there. That is highly beneficial because you know the students, you know that they do have a student number and that this is an individual that you're voting for and that there's no kind of party politics that's going to be playing in the background or what we assume right there's no party politics that will be playing in the background in the form of um, of recalling um an src board if an src if they feel like they're not playing to, to to the rules of the organization so i did like that but and the flip side of that is that you see the rise of organizations at roads you see the rise of 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 populism at roads so it's a certain type of person that is going to be elected into the src because of of their pedigree because of the fact that they are well known and the fact that they are aligned to powerful societies that exist at Rhodes University. We cannot you cannot dispel the fact that societies are incredibly powerful when it comes to the voting of SRCs at Rhodes University. So it plays similar to political organizations. Instead of having political organizations, we replace those with societies and people in the background. And at Rhodes, and I think there's a misconception like yes, you can join a political organization. You can be a part of the EFF, you can be a part of DASO, you can be a part of the Progressive Youth Alliance. The difference Mm -hmm. between Rhodes and other universities is that you cannot run on the ticket of saying that I belong to the Progressive Youth Alliance, so please vote for me because I am aligned to this person, or please vote for me because I belong to DASO, or I belong to to the EFF Student Command. So there lies the difference, but otherwise it's honestly pretty much the same. 
it's pretty much the same. At UJ, what I will say is a problem is that um, it's a lot of the time the political organizations have a lot of power and there's not a lot of oversight that goes on to what is happening within the structures of the SRC. So you have a lot of the time that you'll find that, okay, there is a president that has been voted for and then a month later, we don't know who the SRC president is because he's been recalled and it's he's allowed wow. to be recalled. Yes, he's allowed to be recalled because of the rules that exist, which are very, very similar to party rules, to party politics. Mm. So within, you know, your organization, because your organization is the one that puts you there, your organization can take you away, which is part of the problem that is, it's, 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 a, it's a macro problem that exists in this country, that political yes. organizations that are in power can take a person out of their seat should they choose to do that. And we've seen that in the advent mm-hmm. of um, Tabo, uh, Tabo. Uh, former President Tabombeki being recalled and also mm-hmm. former President Jacob Zuma being recalled the exact same way that Tabombeki was also recalled from presidency so we see yeah. a lot of this party politics going on and and happening and what is the benefit of these people being recalled other than to settle political scores and now our country is being held at ransom to settling those mm. political scores because we are not part of a political organization therefore you do not have a say in who gets recalled and that is wrong which is part of the reason why we have the new party bill that is coming in that would allow for ind- well, well the new um, the Electoral Act is going to be now amended to allow for independent candidates to run so that we ha- don't have this problem of political organizations having too much power as per the Slubbard report in, in the year 2000. To go into your time at the the at the ANC Youth League in while you were at uh, UJ, what, mm-hmm. what was that experience like? And I mean, what let's start first with like why why did you want to go into the machine that we all fear so much <laughs> yes um i decided to join because honestly it, it, it it's i wanted to change things from the inside out i despised the fact that they had uh jacob zuma as a president because i will say this loud and proud is that i i definitely do think that he is guilty of rape and he did rape that woman firmly he did facts of life and so i you know and and again not not being not not being you know fully aware of who i am but i was about to find out (laughs) what exactly who the the kind of person that i am when i joined the anc but and 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 the fact that i just am not a follower but we'll get to that later but i wanted to join because i wanted to change things from the inside I thought that if I was to go in there, I'd show them, no, don't do things like this. And, you know, like contribute my ideas to what I think South Africa should truly be about. And, um, gosh, I'm just thinking back to that, 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 that Ayanda of that time when I was 23 years old. And I just want to hug that girl and just be like, girl, you don't know what you're about to get into. You really you really just are going to see the flames of life descend upon you like no other yoga, but see the underbelly of what actually goes on the inner workings of these organizations and how slimy they actually can be and how cruel people can be in order to attain power mm-hmm. and um 
you know so joining and thinking that i'm just going to change things and my first branch meeting i'm talking 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 and people are just like looking at me like um why are you speaking like that i'm like speaking like what like like oh that. so they want you to have an accent like so which then brings me to the but I, that's not the type of person that i am i'm i'm very hmm. much unfortunately i am laced with the colonial tongue if ever mm. i am you know because of the schooling system that i have been exposed to and the fact that every single time we'd speak an african language we'd get a slap on our heads a slap mm. on our shoulders just to remind us that no you're not supposed to be speaking like that so i'm very much a condition of the south african education model c system in this country i'm very much mm. a victim of that but what i'm not going to do is i'm not going to sit and pretend as if i do not speak like i am a fully privileged caucasian woman that is not what i'm going to do this is how i speak normally i am not ashamed about the way that i sound definitely not because i know that i am a victim of a system and an institution that had that did you know i had to speak like this in order to move but now when you enter into those spaces you i what i first learned is that you need to conform and if you do not conform to the structure and the kind of person that they want you to be that is going to spell trouble for you because you are going to be an outlier you're going to be a person who will then get into power through the ANC and get into those spaces where you're an MP or you're in the mayco committee the mayoral committee and you are going to be that lone soldier going uh uh-uh, uh we're not going to take that tender because i know for a fact that person was corrupt or uh uh-uh, uh you know you, you you they you don't you don't want to be that person you do not want to be that person because that that is a very very dangerous person to be in these kinds of organizations they will get you killed you could get you killed even at at something as as something like the youth league with um Sandy Somagakapet will get to that um so i quickly realized after my first meeting that this is going to be an uphill battle because also i'm a woman and and you know women are very much disrespected in political organizations just across the board I don't care what anybody says women are it's like you have your youth your 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 ANC youth league your ANC women's league and you know you, you have your spaces stay in your spaces stay in your lane and do as you are told I exercise agency and I find agency to be an incredibly important asset in my life but I never knew that I'd have to fight for it as much as I did when I was in the African National Congress Youth League I had to mm-hmm. fight for to to think for myself i had to fight for my ideas and when you don't if they if you if you disagree with somebody your whole life is dismantled you become this evil person you become this person who is to them deemed stupid and in, just innate you can't do anything and then afterwards you're just meant to hug it out and pretend as if everything is okay words <laughs> and you know just go in there just you know we are united group we have no kind of disagreements none at all you notice how this theme is also mirrored in the in the mother body of all political organizations there's nothing going on here there's nothing for you to see yet we know that there is a lot to see that there's a lot going on and i'll be very vocal about it at a regional level i'll be very vocal about it um and this put me into trouble as 
as it, 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 it pertained to my branch managers, it's like, you know, you're ruffling too many feathers. They don't like you. They don't yes. like the things that you're saying. They don't like the fact that you are very vocal, that you're in the African National Congress Youth League, but you have never voted for the ANC and you're never going to. I'm like, yeah, but of course I'm not going to do that. I will tell mm. you straight, I will never vote for the African National Congress so long as you still have the president of that time, which was Jacob Zuma, um, former president Jacob Zuma at that time. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. Could not fathom it because my politics does not allow for me to put people in power who have been charged of rape. Can't mm. do it. Will never do it. Ever in my life. And I knew back then that I would never do it anyway because as a child, I just made that decision a long time ago to just not vote for homophobic people and to not vote for people who, you know, have been charged with rape. Can't with do rape. it. Actually, can't, yeah. can't, can't do it. So the fact that this bothered them as well was like, how does it possibly bother you? Because I told you, you should have been prepared for the fact that I am not going to do this. I did say, how is, how is this a shock to you? How is this a shock? They really did. They didn't. This is another thing. Women are not taken seriously. They are not taken seriously. And I did say, I'm not going to campaign either for people to vote for this party because I don't think that this party should rule at this point in time. What I believe is that the ANC needs to go back to the drawing board, find out who they truly are innately on the inside and then come back as a renewed organization ready to do the work with people who are not corrupt and are not there to buy Louis Vuitton and Gucci bags in order to keep it classy whatever, and, and keep it respectable with their weirdo wigs. Honestly, mm. that is not what I was, I, was, I was in the African National Congress for. Neither was I there to grow my career. I knew that I was going to be a journalist. This was always the case. But um, so the more time I spent in the ANC and the more time I was just disrespected, you know, sworn at, at Congress meetings to the point where the branch, the branch uh, chairman has to then, you know, take people outside and make, you can't speak to people like that. And then come to me and just be like, you know, but you need to just like move on. And the same person that you swore to you at a meeting and called you out on your name is just coming out and you would be like, oh, but it's just politics. Move on. Gross. Disgusting. Yeah, like a, a whole character assassination and then you're supposed to move on. Exactly. That's just not healthy. But it all came to head, came to a head when um, in 2013, if I'm not mistaken, that same year, um, there was a regional conference that happened at the Protea Hotel uh, by by Ferndale on Republic. And uh, there was a regional conference that happened. I was a delegate and somebody did not like the fact that I was from um, the caucus that belonged to the university well, that the caucuses and the branches from the university organizations. So in the ANC Youth League, there's kind of a split between the the, the Youth League branches that are in um, that, that that are in the townships and the, and and are in um, that are not in institutions. So if mm-hmm. your Youth League if your Youth League branch is from a university, it's going to look a little bit different from a Youth League branch that is in Soweto. And so there was that that split. And what resulted in is that somebody came up to me and was trying to was I guess trying to elicit some romance with me that I was like gross, disgusting, I don't want to. And he turned around and he hit me. After I had said no 
no and i've never been hit before by a man ever first and last time but that just i was shaking like i saw red and like even now when i still speak when i still you know speak about it i'm just it's it still makes me angry and my microphone is shaking right now you yeah. know it's it, it just it still upsets me to this day and my oh. chairman literally was just about to tear him apart the newly elected regional president at the time i forget his name in johannesburg for the youth league branch basically was like so do you want to press charges or do you just want to let it go and i went oh my god the chairman literally was like you know what ayanda let me just call security so uj security protection services came to pick us up because we called a favor came and they picked us up in the uj protection services car and we went back to campus i didn't even sign out of that conference it was 48 hours of just not sleeping 48 hours of passing resolutions that meant absolutely nothing toward that is going to bring absolutely nothing towards change in this country let alone in the region of Johannesburg and i was just left feeling defeated so like ready this is what it's like to be in these spaces i'd rather not i'd rather not you must be the one who must be removed from the situation you know the mm-hmm. the 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 guy who wow mm-hmm. so sorry um it's still it happens and thrive and mm-hmm. um uh make a a statement make quote unquote valuable contribution to the conversation and you are the one who's being shunned pretty like much that, and me, that's um, i hate yeah. that hate how people deal with i understand removing someone from the situation but the the victim should not feel like they are the ones who are in the wrong like they are mm-hmm. the ones who caused the scene you know what i'm saying like yeah it's terrible it's yeah oh my god wow so i that was the last um anc anything that i attended there were branch meetings that happened afterwards i did not go um there were other i was meant to be a uh, um a delegate to a provincial conference i was like you got to be kidding me i'm not showing up for that meeting and so then eventually i just do you know just i i, I didn't even yeah what happened to my membership god yes i had to write that you know i'm canceling my membership but it's so it's so cheap it's like 12 rand you can pay 1 rand a year i mean 1 mm-hmm. rand a month and your your anc membership is done so malanzo so um i mean I just was pretty much defeated after that but I it what what happened is that I I got an eye into the belly of the beast and mm. because of my time in the ANC uh youth league I have a better understanding of how it is that so when a Makosi Kosa situation happens where she is threatened and because of her stance that that she took in parliament of doing the right thing doing her job in oversight like what she's supposed to do as an MP you and you take yeah. that oath you you take an oath to put your people of your country before your own political gains and she did that she did the right thing and because of that her life was in danger her children's lives were in danger and the fact that they knew that she was a single parent who is taking mm. care of her family they took advantage of that and her position as a black woman 
to harm her and then come at state capture and say that oh no but you know political oversight was was bad and it was lacking and we do apologize that you can't say that what is your excuse for doing that why did you mm-hmm. do that and you know the the answers that we're getting from Gwede Mandashe from Sil Ramaphosa um at state capture are just not satisfactory to find out about what was actually going on in parliament because one was the deputy um one was the deputy president at that time and the other was yeah. the deputy what was the general was was the secretary general of the African National Congress during the time that um that that uh that state capture was taking place actively so and they were doing the most in parliament to make sure that Jacob Zuma is protected from going through any kind of vote of confidence and these are the same people that are coming out and saying that we are against corruption but you were there protecting somebody who was perpetuating corruption yes you were there when somebody was perpetuating corruption and we must sit at you, sit and watch you at state capture smooge and laugh and make jokes with the judges this is not a time for you to be a political orator the we need answers as a country because there are people who are literally dying dying or have died because of state capture i think of the estina dairy farm situation i think of the asbestos project that esmaka should have just chose to not execute as Bestos. There is asbestos poisoning in people's homes that leads to lungs being infected and you basically suffocate to death. And that is something that could have been fixed by government and instead funds were diverted. And these are the same people that expect us to put an X against their names. This whole system has to burn. It allows for people to get rich, a very few and elite people who are connected to very few elite political organizations and people who come from all, um, from, come from powerful political families to gain and gain and gain more and more while ordinary people are are meant to suffer people who are still been living without water since the advent of when they were born in 1950 or 19 or, or 1940s they are still living in the same places living in shacks and living in squalor while these people say that 50,000 rands a month is not sufficient enough for them to live how dare the president actually say that out loud in his budget speech that ministers cannot live and MPs cannot live on 50,000 rand a month when the covid grants of 350 rands was taken away from people who are dependent on those grants in order to live i yeah i i just the mind boggles on a daily basis when i come to this when when it comes to this government the mind just is i get so angry at just the amount of disrespect and disregard that comes mm. from this government when it comes to dealing with its people yet at the same time they want our votes mm so i'm guessing you know um what we've spoken about just in general with the 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 political system itself and the the options we have um this is one of some of the reason why you are choosing not to vote absolutely absolutely i will no longer put i will no longer validate the system or give it the credence because it doesn't deserve any it does mm. not deserve any it does not serve the people that it's meant to serve it's a beautiful sentiment beautiful 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 sentiment but this has to burn first and we need to come up with something that is new something that is dynamic 
something that is going to actually have tangible social justice. Tangible. By tangible, I mean I can see it. I can mm. hold it. I can touch it. I can smell it. I can walk down the streets at night knowing that I will not be attacked by somebody who is desperate because they don't have a job. So they turn to crime. And crime is something that is so normalized in this country. And I'm yep. meant to vote for that system that normalizes crime because only a few people can actually get the, benef- the benefits of this constitution that is so beautifully written but is hardly ever implemented in this country. Hardly. Like just a, 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 a 10%, not even 10%, I'll say a cool 5% of that constitution is implemented in this country. And by that 5%, it means I can actually go onto radio and say, you government are not doing anything and I should not be killed. Thanks. Mm. For, for, for that. Forcing that. Forcing, yeah. for, for being a whistleblower, you know. Mm. Um, mm. So many people die being whistleblowers, you know. So you, you're right. Mm. I, can't, okay. I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot. I literally you know saw students this year running away and hiding from the police that was chasing them like they were game on a farm and the police were hunting them for sport and they were and you know, really good at it you know and it, it was just such a uh i couldn't believe it event because the students well what we saw on ENCA newsroom um students w- weren't even being violent i mean there were just like a handful also it's not like the whole street you know i mean there's no excuse for violence but like they there at the specific moment and time nothing was out of control nothing was like threatening to anyone and then they still decided to shoot like that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. shows yeah and the the disregard um for black bodies for yes for black exactly. bodies it's a disregard for black bodies i've mm. also seen that in, in fees must fall just the lack of regard for black bodies and this is the same policing institution that only changed the name the policing institutions in South Africa are still very much the same and they have been the same since the advent of policing in this country. And policing in this country protects the rich, it protects people's property, but what it does not do is protect black bodies because policing has never been invented institutionally to protect black bodies. It just mm. has not been. And we see now the statistics that are coming out that police, honestly, in this country, murder a whole bunch of people on a regular basis. And people die due to mismanagement from police because the system itself is not meant to protect people that look like you and me. They protect mm-hmm. white people. And we saw that in Fees Must Fall with the white guard. You know the white students that were that that were that were used that that were putting themselves as human shields. And what happened to those yeah. white students? They got a whole bunch of pepper spray um, put in their mm. faces for the audacity of being a human shield, an audacity of being a human shield for black bodies. Because we know we are going to get to those black bodies no matter what, and we'll build mm. those. You or die. Do or die. We are going to bulldoze you to get through to those black bodies. Make no mistake. Either way, Mm. policing in this country is not there to to protect you. Why would I want to put my ex against a government that co-signs that? Right Mm. now, as it stands, the amount of DNA backlog 
is close to three years in rape and in, 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 in um, the, the rape kits have not been tested for DNA and there is a three year backlog. This was mentioned in 2019, in 2020 and 2019 and 2018. Nothing has been done. And now the police minister comes onto television, schmoozes the, um, the presenters and has jokes. And honestly, it's like, why say that you are against gender-based violence if the very mechanisms that are here in government to protect us and to give us justice are not being used or are sitting and collecting dust due to your mismanagement? And I must vote for you to continue to mismanage. Mm. Mm. And that's where I stand with it. I will not validate this system as it stands until I see change. And as you should, you know, I, I totally understand um, where you're coming from and um, the reasons why, you know, um, it, it, it makes sense. It, it makes all the sense. And we always speak about like, we need to like shake it up. You know, we need to like vote for someone else. We need to put other people in power. But at the same time, all these people are like interconnected. If like mm-hmm. the EFF goes into power, the ANC is still benefiting somehow, somewhere. The ANC is in power, the EFF is benefiting somewhere, somehow. If the DA goes into power, um, other parties, they in fact themselves are going to be extremely benefiting from um from from the power you know so it's literally like where 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 do we go like what what needs to be done you know and you've 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 clearly stated what 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 needs to be done you know yeah um and in closing um Aww. i wanted to ask i know I know, I know. I wish we could speak some more. <laughs> but in closing, I wanted to ask um, if there was like three or four, I don't know, if there were like, you know, I'm going to sound kitsch, tips and tricks <laughs> you, can, you can leave us with, you know, um, to help us sort of like make better decisions, Um to know where to go to look for information you know um things like that what 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 would those tips and tricks be okay so my mini little media literacy uh lecture that i'll I'll leave you with um they definitely just a few tips follow notable don't yeah follow notable people people who are known to 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 fact uh, to fact check people who do admit when they are wrong which is also incredibly important right now because not everybody can get it right all the time but if you find that publications do say that look here we made a mistake here we made a mistake those are the publications that i would tend to trust more than others that don't print retractions or don't say like when they are right and when they are wrong so always um fact check as well something as simple as you know a google search yes people sometimes think that google can produce um facts that are wrong yes true they can but it's always great to just compare what it is that you're reading um to from from other publications as well just compare to see if it's relatively if it's relatively the same or if you're getting new information 
and always read um i know that people don't want to there's there's a thing against paying for quality journalism online because they think that the content that you are receiving is um is is easy to produce but i think that's where a lot of the time we get our our our, our misinformation and our disinformation from so invest in spending a 30 rands or a 50 rands in at least one publication that you can trust in order for you to get your information an, an organization that has a little bit of everything so if they can offer you like something like a podcast offer you great insight and great investigative stories that you can have access to and they have a good free like the free the free the free side of the website is also great um, for news sources as well i would say spend a little bit of money on those publications because those are the ones that are going to keep you informed barring mm. from that don't read from one source constantly don't watch and consume your information from one source only diversify your diversify your sources of information find them from different people so it can be you know you're consuming from radio from television and you know from 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 reading online that is also a great tool for you to do um barring from that yeah man just like reading listening to 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 radio following people that are against people who who are experts in their field so not just journalists but commentators lecturers doctors lawyers these people usually are folks who impart knowledge on social media platforms for free 99 and yep. it's not just about following the people that are giving you the news but it's also following the experts and the 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 the, the academic the academic experts you know the lecturers the business leaders as well the accountants the content creators follow people from different streams of life because it's not only just about looking at the journalists it's about looking about what people are talking about as well because that's where we as journalists find our information as well from what you are talking about so it's not just us giving you information it's a symbiotic relationship that we are all existing in and everybody has to do their part as soon as one one chink in the one 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 link in the in, in the chain is gone then the whole thing falls apart which is why we are seeing the rise of misinformation and disinformation online because people are now aligning their content towards um furthering their own agendas and it's up to you as an individual to decide whether or not this is for you or this is not for you whether or not you're going to consume this or whether or not you're going to find out if this is actually true or not because journalists cannot make that decision for you at the end of the day we we can't you cannot make that decision for you if you make that decision for you then that 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 moves into the realm of of the cult of personalities where now like everything that i understand is, is the gospel truth no absolutely not I need to be challenged at every turn because that is how we keep each other on our toes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I think a a key word you said there is diversified. Like that's my biggest thing when I speak to people, like you need to diversify. You need to, if you uh, are 
into something you know you need to read you need to listen you need to watch and you need to do it from different aspects different people different sources you know mm. um even the people you hang out with you need to diversify you know i don't know me i keep it strictly black we are not diversified <laughs> and also there's different types of black people you know like i always no, say like <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean go have a white friend <laughs> Um, I've got like three. I've only I've got a quota of white friends, about three, and it's gonna stay that way. You've, you've reached your quota. Everyone else is just mm-mm, mm-mm, you know doves in the wind. Hey, Gambela, doves in the wind. Oh shame, I forgot my partner. Oops, and my partner number four. That's it. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, partner. Hey. Um, but you know, diversifying is very important. You know, you don't have to be like. A, what do they call it uh, a master of the trade but at mm. least be able to engage and that's what i really wanted from this podcast as well today just so people have like a uh, a better understanding uh, a bigger a sort of a broader sense of what's going on mm-hmm. um we're really great at explaining a lot of um concepts that are currently happening and have been happening and we all talk about it but we sort of like talk about it to in circles you know and you were really good at sort of identifying the problem and how it can be fixed you know and what our role is in this as well you know so I am grateful <laughs> so thankful for your time I'm thankful so thank you hour and a half <laughs> it could have been two hours you know um but i'm so oh. thankful oh, thank you so much for your time thank you for sharing your knowledge with us like like i said in, in the pot in the party like i was like you know yeah mind yeah. opening you know um mm. it's been thank really you. awesome it's been great um is there anything you'd like to leave us with like last parting words and where people can find you. My last parting words, think for yourself. My goodness, think for yourselves. There is nothing that is more glorious than finding out information on your own and having your mind be expanded in ways that you have never thought possible. I am always a believer in giving people agency and you have that agency you have it it's there you know exercise it it's yours you know boundaries great but exercise that 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 agency that exists within you grow yourself and expand yourself because it's the only way that nobody can take away your knowledge nobody can take away your mind and you know that that is yours it belongs to you so you know grow it own it take ownership of it and flourish and grow black woman and you can find me on twitter <laughs> you can find me on twitter and on instagram as at ayanda dankiso i'm at ayanda dankiso that's where you can find me on twitter and on instagram cool Thanks Ayanda. Oh girl, like I feel like you and I are going to be best friends after this. <laughs> I know, right? Thank you so much. I've never done this before. Like this is my first time, so I'm so happy that I got it done, you know. Thank you. I appreciate this. For real. 
you and to our listeners i hope you learned as much as i did enjoyed the conversation as much as i did um you can follow her i'll have her links available in on our instagram and um on in the description uh, for in the podcast if you want to follow her for more she does really amazing stuff like i said like very captivating very informative um so please do that um and yeah i think that's us from ugly girls club on outside radio until next time